We're excited to have another 90s icon with us in the Honky Tonk Time Machine this week. From Little Texas, former lead singer Tim Rushlow is with us, and he's set for a big concert with the front men of country coming to Marion on January 22nd. Tim, it is an honor and a pleasure to be able to talk to you tonight. Well, you as well, Glenn. How are things going? Things are going good here, and we are excited for January 22nd. Um, first, let's talk about the front men of country as you've joined up with Larry Stewart from Restless Hearts and Richie McDonald from Lone Star to, uh, I guess, kind of form this this power trio, and you guys are touring around and, and putting on shows for your fans. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. You know, this is something that started about 10 years ago, actually 11 years ago, Um uh, Richie and Larry had done a couple shows with Randy Owen from Alabama, but of course Randy and Alabama are really busy. And they did a couple shows, and then they were like, well, this is fun. Maybe we should try something different. And then they called me and said, hey, we've got a show coming up. Would you want to do it? And I said, sure. And we did a show at a theater, and it was just like, I don't know, man. It was like magical fairy dust was flying all over the place. It just felt like I hadn't felt like that since I was in a band. And it was like the harmonies were there, uh, were like-minded. We're, we have enough of an ego to be three lead singers, but not enough of an ego to be a, to be a butthead. We're all really good guys, you know. <laughs> and and it, just felt, it just felt so natural. And then the next month I got a call to go overseas and play for the troops in January. I invited them to come with me. And that turned into a 10-year run going overseas every January and playing for our men and women in uniform. Um, and it literally was just that. We played, we might play one corporate show a year just for fun. But it was mainly just overseas. And then when COVID happened, of course, the world was, you know, changed forever. And it really made us rethink our strategy as far as what we're all doing independently uh, and collectively. And we just sat down and said, you know, maybe it's not just us. Maybe people freaking out over this is really real. Maybe we should give this thing a shot. So we decided to just make the front men the next few years of our lives and give it a shot. And since we've done that, you know, we, I mean, look, I'm a huge Eagles fan, so I don't really ever want to compare us to that, but that seems to be the common thread we get from a lot of people is, wow, I feel like I, you know, went to go see the Eagles. There's just so many hits here. And, um, and there are, and that's the wild part is it's just such a, there is that common thread that runs between the three of our bands and the music that we funded and, and been lead vocalists on for, for, you know, three decades. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with 30 million records and 30 number one hits. It's, it's hard to argue with that, you know, and it's, we're also big fans of each other's music. So we love singing the harmonies together. We've got a killer band behind us. So it's not like each one of us walk out and do 30 minutes each. No, no, no. We're a band. We come out. We sing on each other's hits. There's harmonies everywhere. Uh, arrangements are great. And we just kind of connect the dots and watch people look at us going, oh, I forgot about that song. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's, it is truly a blast, it's truly a blast. We're excited to be coming to town and playing there on the 22nd. If you're a 90s country fan and you're wondering what you're going to be up to on the 22nd, i got to tell you, I know where you need to be. <laughs> need to come see the front men of country at the Marion Culture and Civic Center. But, yeah, uh, you talk about three of the great country voices with with you and Richie and Larry, and plus the three bands, like you mentioned, kind of encompass three different decades. You know, Restless Heart from the 80s, Little Texas from the 90s, and Lone Star kind of 90s, but also into the 2000s, so it really spans that, that time. You're right. I never thought about it like that, because it, it's funny. We kid on stage with Larry, uh, Richie, and I go, yeah, man, we, we grew up listening to you, Larry, and he always laughs. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because Larry's a real, he's a young guy who, who happens to be older than us, but, you know, we've all taken real good care of ourselves. Um, you know, we, we practice, we sing harmonies, we, we still sing in the shower on our own and just do our own vocal exercises. We, we've gotten older, but I think we've gotten better. 
And so it's just really, we've taken care of our craft is what I'm trying to say. And it, it really matters. I think the crazy thing I haven't told anybody that I will share with you and your listeners is that um, we did a show uh, for the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas um, uh, in December, and there were several, um, unbeknownst to us, there was some presidents from Nashville there, and we came home to a couple major record labels calling us going, hey, you guys want to do a record? <laughs> you know, you got, we heard you tease us with a new song. We loved it. Come on in and talk to us. So we're actually going to go in on the 26th of January, right after we see you guys, uh, and start recording a brand new album as the front men, which is extremely exciting. Um, we, I mean, I would have never thought at you know 55 that would be something that would happen, but it is. And, and I actually said, well, why, why are you guys talking to us? You get all these young guys that are 30, you know, 25, and they're like, they're like, you know, 90s country has made such a resurgence, and you guys are such a mainstay of that era. Radio still embraces and plays your music. Why wouldn't they embrace something new if it was competitive? And my answer to that was, from your lips to God's ears, I hope you're right. So <laughs> we're going to give it a shot and see what happens. We're real excited about it. So are we talking new material then? Oh, we're talking a brand new album of nothing but new material. Oh. I, I will te- I will tease you and say that there is there is some um, collaborations in the works as well uh, with some major stars that that love what we did in our bands that want to kind of collab on some of our hits as a a couple bonus tracks. And so there's a bunch of crazy good stuff going on. And we're we're quite excited about it. So yeah, we're talking about brand new material. You know, the last three years we've been writing, kind of hanging out and sandbagging songs, hoping that we might get a shot at this someday, not realizing it was really going to happen. So although we love the fact that there are little Texas Russell's Heart and Lone Star fans out there that would love to come hear us and hear those songs that we sang that were hits, we're excited that that can sort of you know push us into a new era of new songs and so i'm i'm pretty stoked about it and, and i'll tell you this too a lot of people after these shows and glenn they come up and go man is that really is that a shtick are you guys really having that much fun and the truth is we are having that much fun you know we love people uh we like to meet people after the show we, we, which really are kind of our motto to to be as cool off stage as we are on stage and every single night people come up and just, you know, uh, half of them are in tears over here, and I'm already there, or what might have been, or amazed. And, and then the rest of them are just going, oh, my gosh, you took me back to this moment. And that's because those songs that our three groups have that we, we sang um, are the soundtracks of people's lives. You know, they really are. So it's uh, it's just so much fun. And I, I don't want people to think you're going to come hear two hits and a bunch of cover songs. We do cover songs of our own hits. <laughs> we got enough <laughs> hits to do that, you know. So it's a blast. Yeah, I was talking to Larry about this. I miss the days of those 80s, 90s harmony country bands and going back, you know, to the Eagles in the 70s. You know, I miss those days because you get a little bit of that now, but but not a whole lot. And I really wish it would be brought back and, and you guys are keeping that alive. Well, I appreciate that. That's the other thing we're doing with our writing. We're trying to write things that sort of represent who we are. Not, I mean, no diss to what the current state of affairs in country music is. There's some great artists out there. We love what we hear. We have no complaints. I some people are like, well, they complain they're not heard on the radio anymore. We don't think that at all. We're played on the radio plenty, and we're happy and honored to be played. And there's a bunch of great new artists, but you know, we don't sing songs about things that uh, we don't relate to. You know, we, I don't have a, a ball of fireball on my tailgate in my trunk. And, and so I don't think about that, but I love songs that do. So it's, you know, it's okay. So we're, we're just trying to, to get back to like, you know, let's think about life, love and the lack of it and, and remind people why we did this in the first place. And so that's what the new music brings. And of course, that's what all these hit songs bring as well. And, and being such a huge fan of these guys, 
it's so much fun for me to get to sing on Blue Eyes in Texas or sing on Amazed or I'm already there or, you know, front porch looking in. And, and they tell me every night they love singing on what might have been in God Bless Texas. So it's just this. You know, it's it's a really cool mutual admir- admiration society going on with the front man. That is what I wanted to ask you next is, uh, do you have a favorite, like, Lone Star song? You know, what's your favorite Lone Star song to, to sing on when you're doing these shows? Um, up-tempo song would be What About Now from Lone Star. A ballad would be, it's a real hard toss-up. I'd go with I'm Already There only because I love Richie's story about writing it about his son. Mm-hmm. And that one, it's still, still, I have to choke back up here singing the high harmony every night because it just, it's just so powerful. And you see people's eyes get glistened up in the audience, and it means something to them, you know. And, and, it, and it does because it means something to us. Um, as far as Russell's heart, gosh, Blue Eyes in Texas. But I actually love singing on When She Cries. Um, from Larry, and of course his ballads of I'll Still Be Loving You, and you know Rock Won't Roll, and Why It's Had to Be Wrong or Right. I love all those songs, and as far as mine, that's hard for me to, to tell you, because I, I don't know. I, I just know that, you know, God bless Texas, I don't care where you're from, you're a Texan on that song, right? You know, and so, so that that seems to always do it, but for me, I've always found it really compelling that you know, everybody has a what might have been in their life, me included, you know, and, and it um, even if you're really happy where you're at in your life, to, to know that there is a spot in your world where you could have went right instead of left at that Y in the road, and it might have been a completely different scenario. That doesn't mean that where you're at is not great and you're not thankful for it, but we all have those places where we could have made another choice. And so that song really you know, hits home with that emotion, and I think that's really why that song still put on the radio so much. So um, I love to see – I love – seeing people's reaction during the show. And I'll admit, there's a lot of people get misty-eyed. But I love after the show hearing their stories because people always come up with a story. And, and uh, some of them are heartbreaking. Some of them are wonderful. And, but it all adds up to that. You know, that's what music does. I mean, you're in radio. You play songs for people, you know, to forget about their problems for four minutes, you know. And that's what we do as writers and singers of those songs. And so we're sort of in business together, you know. And, and it's, a, it's a blast and an honor to get to be a part of music in a country where we get to go do this uh, where we're free to do this. There's so many places in the world that don't have this blessing. So we don't take it lightly. We're, we're enjoying this next chapter for sure. Tim Rushlow, our guest, former lead singer of Little Texas and with the front men of country coming to the Marion Culture and Civic Center on January 22nd. So, Tim, I want to take a little bit of time to, to get to know you um, a little bit more, maybe on a personal level. And, and you can correct sure. me if I'm wrong, but um, I heard that you were born in Oklahoma and raised in Texas. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, man, way to go. Well, you talk about two states right there with rich history when it comes to country music. Who would you say influenced you the most as you were growing up? Um, mainly my dad. My dad had a band in the 60s called Moby Dick and the Wailers that was sort of a, they were a, uh, you know, I, I guess they, they were they were kind of rock gods in, in their world. They were very much that, you know, pop rock um, and they, they were, if you were in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, or Missouri, you wanted my dad's band opening for you. And my dad was in the Air Force in Oklahoma City and, and at Tinker Air Force Base. He actually was born and raised in Detroit, and he literally turned in his demo tape to Barry Gordy at, at Motown. And Barry called my father and said, hey, Tommy, come on in. I'd love to meet you. My dad went in and met him, and Barry looked at my dad, and he went, you're white. <laughs> my dad went, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, 
Tommy, it's the 60s. I, I can't sign a white guy to Motown. I'll get killed, you know. And so they became friends, and he, my dad ended up realizing there wasn't a future for him. He joined the Air Force, was stationed at Tinker Air Force Base, Oklahoma City, saw an ad in the paper that said band looking for singer, went to audition for the band, and it was all of my mother's brothers who were my uncles. And so he joined the band, and for a decade they had this band that I just, you know, I was born a year later, and I just listened to them growing up. And I don't think I realized how great they were until – later in life, but uh, my dad and mom are still alive, and they've been married 58 years, and it's it's amazing, and um, I love, my dad's still one of my favorite singers, he sings his butt off, he sounds like Tom Jones meets Paul Anker or something like that, <laughs> but, uh, so my influences were that, but as far, then, then when I got into music, it became the Beatles, and then it became the Eagles, and then it became Alabama, it became my huge influence, then from Alabama, it went to Russell's heart. And then that was when I said, I'm moving to Nashville, and I packed my bags, and, and here I came to Nashville when I was 19 years old, and I never left. Just mentioned some huge bands there. So was being in a band like your father, was that kind of always the goal? or? Yeah, you know, it, it was. It was never not an option. Um, I mean, I've always believed in the, in the statement, and it's actually a book I'm, I'm writing. It's called No Means Not Yet. And, uh, and I really mean that. You know, I've been told, I mean, Little Texas got told no by every label in Nashville six times. Um, and a lot of it was because of me. A lot of it was like, oh, that singer, he seems kind of clubby. You know, he's just sort of like, I don't know, he's entertaining me too much. Just shut up and sing. And the truth is, I was entertaining uh, because I was in a bar, and my job was to make people stop drinking their beer and booze scoot and watch us. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't wrong. You know, I don't think the labels were wrong at all. But uh, inevitably, you know, Warner Brothers gave us, I think they finally felt sorry enough for us to go, well, let's just give these guys a shot, and if it doesn't work, they'll make them shut up and they can go away. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, of course, it, it did work, you know. So uh, that's the, that's the story begins. Well, yeah, what, what they were wrong about was the fact that they didn't think people would respond to it, and, and they certainly did. How did you you meet up with the Little Texas guys, by the way? How did, how did the band form? Well, I was singing in Nashville at different lounges around town, and I got a job seasonally singing at Opryland USA, which was our theme park. that was known for live entertainment, and I was the singer for the 50s show, and then I was a backup for the country show. And um, I met Dwayne O'Brien and Porter Howe and Dwayne Probst at the park. They were all in different shows. And in our off time, we would go play in lounges around town. And then we ended up adding Dell and Brady to the group. And we were playing anything we could just to make a living, 50s music, 60s music, country music, whatever. But we realized we had something pretty cool. So we started writing and recording together. And that was a then we, we booked ourselves from coast to coast. Uh, from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to Bakersfield, California, and back four times over and created a following. We ended up being on Star Search, which is a little-known fact. Made it all the way to the finals and lost, and uh, that was in 88. Uh, i sorry, 89. And then uh, in 90, Warner Brothers took a look at us, and we just kind of started that trek. And then in the spring of 91, we put out our first single, and, uh, you know, we had hits for, you know, nine years, eight years. So it was a crazy, a crazy run. I don't think I realized how successful Little Texas was until it was over. Because, uh, you know, you're sort of in a fish tank rolling down the highway. You don't really realize, you know. I, I remember at one point playing in Salt Lake City, Utah, at the Delta Center, and they were playing, they were singing God Bless Texas louder than they did in Dallas. And that's when I went, oh, <laughs> Wow. Okay, we, we we made a mark here, you know. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that that first single, by the way, was "Some Guys Have All the Love," um, and and you guys were off and running. That was a that was a top ten hit, so it was a it was a good debut for you. 
Um, what yeah. do you remember about just kind of uh, that song and, and getting off and running like that and, and how your life changed? I remember pulling the car over in Wichita Falls, Texas, with KWR uh, was playing our songs the first time we heard it, and Brady and I were up front driving the van. The rest of the guys were sleeping in the back, and we pulled the car over and did a victory dance around the van and the trailer, and we knew that something good was happening. Um, you know, it wasn't like we grew our hair out, but hey, let's have long hair. Everybody had long hair. You know, we just had long hair. And uh, that became a part of our image. And, and I, you know, we took some heat for it. But you know what it is, what it is. I, I, hey, I've got, I've got a junior mullet growing as we speak. Because my, my 16-year-old son, River, said, hey, Daddy, you need to grow that mullet back. I think it'd be pretty hip. And so I said, all right, I'll take that challenge during COVID. And so I grew half of it back, and I just never cut it off. But, you know, our... our uh, from our first single on the first album, the album was called First Time for Everything, but we had five five singles, that, four of which were top ten off that first album, and our album didn't hit the stores until our fifth single because the label didn't realize we were going to be that big that fast. And so we cut it quick, and then, of course, we disappeared and wrote the second record and came out swinging with what might have been in God Bless Texas and My Love, and then it did just kind of from there, it was just, you know, the rest was history. So it, uh, it was quite a run, quite a run. That album, that first album, uh, You Forever and Me, was the biggest radio hit. But my favorite song from it was the title track, First Time for Everything. I can still put that on and just listen. I, I love that song. You know, it's funny. You're right. I play that song in our show with the front end, uh, and we love it. And uh, crowds eat it up. And I do a little medley of songs. It's got Life Goes On and First Time for Everything, Some Guys Have All the Love, and even some Kick a Little in there. And people just, you know, you watch people connecting the dots, and their eyeballs just going, oh, my gosh, I love this song, or I forgot about this song. And so... It's a real cool. It's a real cool feeling to know that those songs connect with people. People love first time for everything. They just always have it. So that's a real cool anthem. You talk about God bless Texas for the next album, big time. Um, it doesn't matter where you're from. You know, I'm. I've, I grew up in Missouri. I loved God bless Texas, and it has had such staying power that just the other night. It was in an episode of Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> I think Joe Jonas sang it. So it is still. A powerful song to this day. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's funny. I, I had a friend call me a couple of years ago, and it was in another HBO show called Cheer. Uh, and they were, oh my gosh, your song's on here. And so, yeah, I mean, it is funny how that works, you know. And uh, but it's it, it's a blessing too, you know. I, I still I still think it's a funny thing. I remember being at a uh, at a gas station here in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, about. Uh, probably 12 years ago, this big truck pulled up and out and got little Jimmy Dickens from the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, cool. And he, was on the other, he was on the other side of the turnstile getting gas, and he just leaned around, and he goes, hey. I said, hey, little Jimmy. He goes, what are you doing? God bless Texas, man. <laughs> so you never know, you never know who's going to hear that song, and it's going to stick with him. But I, I always remember that. It's a fond memory. You know, that's got me thinking. When I talked to Larry last week, he was telling me about Bluest Eyes in Texas and how that song helped Restless Heart like get big in Texas. And then I started thinking, man, so many singers around that time were putting out songs that mentioned Texas. And I just wonder if, if that was the reason, you know, if it was because they needed some airplay in Texas. So they needed some Texas songs. Is there anything to that? Not for us. I mean, we played Texas a lot. You know, obviously it's a big state. There's a lot of great honky tonks down there, and we were very successful down there. Ironically, four of us were from the state, but but we had, that had nothing to do with it. Little Texas was actually a place outside of Nashville here, where they used to make moonshine in the Prohibition days, and the, the guys would wear gun belts, and they would always say the law would come in, but the the law would never leave, and it was called Little Texas for that reason. So we rehearsed it out there in a, in a double wide trailer, and that's how we got our name. Kind of thinking we'd find a better name later, and it just stuck. 
and we were happy it did. Um, but Texas for us, I mean, I remember playing in Texas. You know, there, there's nothing like, you know, a, a, a bar full of Texas women scooting across the dance floor. And that's really where God Bless Texas came from. We're all on stage looking at each other like we're on Mars going, God bless Texas. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, just looking at the visually pleasant scenery. So that that's the, the motivation for where the song came from. It, you know, it's funny. It was never saying that Texas was better than anywhere else. It was just a, a moment in time where that got spoken, and, and it just stuck, and it still sticks today. That being said, anytime you play it in Texas, I'm sure the ovation is just insane. Well, it's funny. Uh, um, this last Sunday, I was watching the Cowboys play, and uh, they played God Bless Texas twice <laughs> after <laughs> touchdowns. So you you just never know, you know, what's going to show up. Matter of <laughs> fact, they played kick a little. They played kick a little on the uh, the Titans game this last week twice as well. So I mean, hey, uh, you know, I'm honored. I'm honored somebody remembers those songs. That's that '90s country, like you said, Keller back and hopefully staying around for a while. The, the lead single from Big Time, by the way, was what might have been. I wanted I wanted to touch on that one a little bit too. Another one of my favorite little Texas songs. It was um, at least peaked at number two on one of the charts. It might have made it to number one on on one of the others. That was that was a huge one for you. And at that time, it was your biggest hit so far. Yeah, um, what might have been was a monster. You know, we didn't realize that it was going to strike a nerve like it did, but it certainly did. And and that's the thing, you know, um, as I mentioned to you last time, it's, it's, you know, everybody's got a what might have been in their life. Everybody's got one. And um, that song really toys with that emotion. Uh, the video was great. The song was great. Um, and I don't think a, a band like us had really come out with a power ballad before. And so that was our first foray into that. And, and I'm really, really thrilled with the way it worked out. And it's continued to be played on the radio today. You know, it's also, it was a, it was a number one country hit, but it was a number one pop hit and an AC hit as well on the chart at the time. So we didn't realize that we had the trifecta until it was over. But we felt it later when the crowd started growing and growing and growing. We knew why. When you cross over like that, as a country act, what are you thinking? Is that That's probably exciting, but also it could, I could see it maybe being a little bit unnerving. It is. You know, we wanted a country-based audience to know that we were a country band. So when we crossed over, of course, our looks were more rock, and so people, uh, we thought people might get confused and think we were trying to be a rock band, or that we really were a rock band disguised as a country band, which wasn't the case. We've been country. I mean, you know, I can I can sing you, you know, a ton of Merle Haggard and Buck Owens songs right now. I mean, I definitely was raised on country music, but we do love rock and, and different forms, but a Little Texas was sort of a merging of pop rock and country, but mainly country. You know, Porter Howell can chicken pick the heck out of anybody in Nashville. He's a great, great country guitar player. You know, and so we, we very much were country. My Love was the next power ballad, and you could argue that that was the biggest hit of Little Texas's career. It's certainly up there, right? Oh, absolutely. My Love you know, transcended everything. And I will say, too, you know, the, the, the thing about My Love that made it such a big hit was that we had two major huge hits before it. We were on a roll. Yeah. You know, you come out, you come out kicking with, you know, what might have been in God Bless Texas, and you come out with My Love. I mean, some would say you could, you could put out anything and it would have been a hit. And I, I disagree with that. But My Love's a great song and a great vocal, great performance in the band, and we chewed it up pretty good. So I was really thrilled with the song and the way it did on the charts completely. Those songs are awesome, the, those power ballads that you had. But I think Little Texas is probably known for the energy, the excitement, you know, pick, picking it up a little bit like on songs like Kick a Little which was another big one that came out the next year off of the album of the same name. Um, is it a lot of fun to record and, and play songs like that live? 
it's a blast. It's still a blast. You know, um, things that become anthemic are what they are. They're just anthemic. And so, I mean, people love to, to shout, put their fist in the air and sing along. And we love that. It's a great, it's a great problem to have. And it's never a problem to have those songs in your arsenal. And I always love Larry and Richie because they love singing those songs with me. And, and uh, it's just fun for me to watch those guys. We get done with the show. They're like, dude, I love singing that song with you. <laughs> so it's always a, it's always a fun thing for me to kind of get to listen to those guys and, and, and vice versa. Me, me do their songs as well. From that same album, Amy's back in Austin is my all time favorite little Texas song. And I think it's, I didn't realize it until later in life, but I think it's because it reminds me of the Eagles a little bit. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. yeah it's very much got an Eagle-esque vibe. Um, it's a great song. Brady Seals and Stephen Allen Davis wrote a great song, and I still talk to both those guys all the time. They're dear friends of mine. and Yeah, it, it really captures a moment in time. There's a lot of innocence in that song, and you know, um, we all have had that emotion of you know somebody being back in another town where we used to be, or, or they went back to that town, and you're wondering where the heck they are tonight. That song just has the, the mojo all over it, you know, and, and it is very Eagle-esque. It's funny, I, I go downtown Nashville when my family comes in town, I'll go show them around and show them some sights, and it never fails. I'll be passing all the bars on Broadway, and there'll be one or two bands playing that song when I pass. You know, uh, it's just a good band. It's just a good band song, you know, and, and uh, but I, I loved being able to sing it and, and put some emotion into it, and I still love to do it now. It's the first song I sing every night. That's the, that's the song I sing out of the gate, usually. How much business did that song get the Lazona Rosa Cafe? Quite a bit. You know, they disappeared <laughs> for a while, and now it's actually back in business again, so I'm happy to hear they're open again. And I hope that Amy's still working there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they were back open. I'd heard they closed it. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad they're, they're back. Last song to ask you about is uh, is Life Goes On, uh, that, another one of those big ones that came off that, uh, I guess that was from the Greatest Hits album, 95. It was, yeah. Our drummer, Del Gray, wrote that with a good friend of his name, Keith Follisay, here in Nashville. And, uh, great song. We needed a hit. Um, you know, it was sort of coming towards the end of our hit days. Things were changing in the band and changing with all of us individually and collectively, and we knew it. Uh, but we, you know, we had, Brady had left the group and then Jeff Huskins had joined the band and was playing a uh, fiddle with us. And so we were able to add the fiddle and the lead guitar with the and add all that stuff that Porter plays and, and add violin to it. So it was really cool. And that was a great era that, you know, we had another, another couple of years of touring, uh, just playing hits and it was a, a blast. But that, but that song was also anthemic and a big hit and it, it worked. And so I'm, I'm really proud of that song as well. Well, the nature of bands is they do eventually break up, and for various reasons. So you, you left the group, I guess, in uh, in 1997, but you went on to do some solo work, and uh, you, you got a, a pretty big hit yourself in 2000 with She Misses Him, and uh, I always appreciated that one as well. Thank you. Yeah, you know, um, that song was very special for a lot of reasons, and I... Uh, I got to be a national spokesman for the Alzheimer's Association for two years and help raise awareness and funds in D.C. and Congress uh, for um, this dreaded disease called Alzheimer's. We're all going to deal with it in this world. We're all going to have family members that have it. I do. Uh, that's the reason the song was recorded in the first place. But, you know, it's a, it's a poignant song, and it was no one had ever really sang about that before. But I have a really amazing letter. Um, that's printed at my house that I got from Nancy Reagan about that song that would probably be one of the most treasured things I own above and beyond any CMA award I've got was, was that letter because it meant a lot. And uh, she was very uh, complimentary and, and just thought that it really needed to be sung and it needed to be recorded and she was happy that I did it and uh, it meant a lot to me, you know. So uh, 
that's always a, a beautiful thing to, to know that you got to make an impact in somebody's world. And a lot of people still hear that song and love it. And actually, that song never got put out on iTunes. And I just heard a couple of days ago that the album, my album, was called Crazy Life. And uh, that, uh, that record that has She Misses Him on it is going to be coming out in a couple, three months, uh, officially back out digitally for the first time ever. So people will be able to get it again, which I, which I think will be great. So thanks for mentioning that. Very cool. So now, as you look back years later on your time with Little Texas, how do you remember it? Oh, I have a lot of a lot of great memories. I mean, I think that we had a great run. I don't think I knew at the time again how big we were until it was over. But uh, yeah, you know, you move, you 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 move on, you grow up. Um, you know, we were young guys, man, and so. You know, I've done a lot of a lot of growing up, a lot of soul searching. Um, I'm really thrilled that that's a part of my past and a part of my career. Um, I know those guys are now out there touring again, and I think that's awesome. I think they should, and the fans still love to hear them. And I think that's a wonderful thing to get to carry on the banner as Little Texas. For me, it's a it's a great stepping stone in my life and in my career. Um, I'm excited about what's to come. I'm always that guy that's always looking forward. Like, okay, that's cool. What's next? Let's go. You know, so I'm that guy, and I. And I love that. So I'm, uh, I'm having a, a great time revisiting those songs with the front man and playing them in a new way. So it's really a lot of fun. And, uh, but yeah, I look back with nothing but fondness, man. It was a, a real special time. And, and, and time flies. It goes by fast. I actually got to see those guys play here a few years ago. They came and did a show. And, and Porter, who took over lead singer duties, I think does a phenomenal job. Although I did miss seeing you at the helm. I'll admit that. But I appreciate that. I think they're doing a great job, and I'm very excited for them. And uh, I'm just happy to be doing what I'm doing, and I wish them nothing but the best, though. Everybody on good terms with, with you guys? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we still talk. Everybody gets along really well, so there's no issues whatsoever. Um, things are good. I things think, are real good. I think fans would just, just love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Tim Rushlow, our guest, former lead singer of Little Texas, now with the front men of country. And you can see him January 22nd and hear all the songs that – that we just talked about, the Marion Culture and Civic Center. Tim, I've had fun, and, and this is kind of a stories behind the songs type of thing, so if there's any other stories or, or notes to mention about your career or, or Little Texas before we let you go, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, uh, as far as you, you pretty much covered it, you did a great job in your research. I, You know, I think overall, I think for me personally, I'm just very grateful that I've had a run and been able to have success in country music and, and to make a living and, and to make a difference for people. I've never taken it for granted, and I think as I've gotten older, I've become much more grateful that uh, God put me here to be a singer and a songwriter and an entertainer. And so to get to go and perform, whether it's the old songs people might know me for or the new stuff that's coming out with the front men, the fact that I get to do this for a living, I do not take it for granted. Um, I'm very blessed and very grateful to get this shot, and, and every day it's more fun than the last day. And so it's... Uh, it's become a real cool full, full circle, you know, decade for me. But I'm really enjoying where I'm headed, and the future looks bright. Future looks so bright, I got to wear shades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Tim Rushlow interview, not a Tim Buck three interview. And and by the way, my research consisted of just growing up in the '90s and listening to all these songs on repeat. And I, I want to thank you for for making my childhood fun. Man, thank you, brother. Glenn, it's great talking to you, buddy. You have a great day, and uh, please come see the show. I'd love to say hey to you, man. It's a great show. All right, Tim, I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, bud. Thank you. Okay, bye bye.